Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for blessing and taking care of us. And Lord, all the wonderful things that you do. And Lord, just supplying needs and using people and using us in your service. Lord, we thank and praise you for all the good things that you do. Lord, we thank and praise you even for the difficulties that just remind us once again the, the goodness that is there and the strength that is there. And Lord, that we need to depend upon you no matter what. We thank you for all your blessings and answers to prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, this time, and the rest of us, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. Now, we're coming to a new section in the book of Proverbs. Up to this point, there has been much connection uh, in the chapters uh, between the verses. There may have been able to divide the chapter up into two or three sections, uh, or uh, sometimes as uh, chapter 8, it's almost one entire section. Uh, chapter 9, we have two major parts. Uh, chapter 10 through chapter 24, it is going to be nearly each individual verse standing by itself. They're not going to uh, no longer come in long lines and connections. It's going to be just simple proverbs. And we go to the definition back in chapter 1. A proverb is a wise saying. And so, uh, really and truly, we could take each one of these verses and make a whole sermon on that. But if I did that, it would only take us about 400 years to finish the rest of the book of... Not, well, not quite that long. Uh, at least five or six years to get through the rest of the book of Proverbs. So we're going to try to move along fairly quickly, but uh, get the at least look at the verses. And um, the Bible tells us in chapter 1 that these are deep sayings. We're supposed to dig into these verses. We're supposed to find things that are in here. And so we start out with verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon. You'll notice there's a period there. That's actually a title for this next section of the book. And the first proverb is, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Now, again... Uh, this is what we call poetry, the books of poetry. Hebrew poetry does not rhyme words. It rhymes ideas. It contrasts them. And so we have the idea of the wise son. A wise son, a son that is wise, that does things right, that makes wise choices and doesn't talk during the evening service, Philip. Um, a, a wise son makes a glad father. But when a son is foolish and makes foolish decisions, the burden is borne by the mother. I mean, that's just simply what's being said here. You know, uh, mom is happy for all of her children but when a son goes astray, that really 
And, and I could give you names and, and, and things of, uh, of godly women who have had sons that have just made foolish decisions. You want to hurt your mother, just do some foolish things. And this is not leaving out the daughters uh, at all, but uh, this is simply just giving us something to look at, something to uh, know where the uh, burden or the joy is going to fall. Uh, And it's just something that we know to be very true. Verse 2, treasures of wickedness profit nothing. Uh, what was that fella? Uh, did Wesley Snipes get out of jail yet? Uh, he's some filthy actor that does a bunch of stuff, cheated on his income tax. I think he went to jail for about 10 years. Uh, I, he should be getting out fairly soon. Uh, but why, and now they have a whole list. Uh, I think I read an article that there is uh, like 400 million or 400 billion or something like that uh, dollars in uncollected taxes every year for the Internal Revenue Service. And, um, but they're, they're going to start collecting those things. You watch out. Treasures gotten by wickedness, they don't profit anything. You can have all the money in the world. Oh, maybe we ought to talk about Mr. Madoff. I mean, he thought he made off with all that money. Billions and billions of dollars. They can't even find it. But how far did it get him? How much freedom did it buy him when the house of cards finally came down? Now look at the next thing. But righteousness delivereth from death. You know what? You can't buy righteousness. You can't, you can't purchase it. But if you have righteousness, guess what? You can escape eternal death and hell. Righteousness will keep you when nothing else will work. Uh, They tell the story of one of the great composers. I'm not sure which one it was. I believe it was Haydn. He was an aging man, uh, literally uh, almost bedridden uh, in his house, and Napoleon's army came marching through and uh, sent several cannon shots into his courtyard, and, and uh, they were just pillaging the countryside. And when Napoleon walked in and saw who it was, he made restitution, he did what was, he, he made sure that everything was restored and apologized. Here was the emperor apologizing to a man who happened to live a fairly good and, and righteous, whether he was saved or not, we're not 100% sure. But righteousness delivereth from death. But you can have all the money in the world and still lose everything, can't you? So think about that. When you're 
when you have to make a decision. I mean, everybody in this room is going to be faced with it one time or another, an opportunity to bend the rules a little bit and increase your income. Don't do it. Righteousness delivereth from death, but all the money in the world is not going to profit you at all. Look at the next verse. Somebody, and how many people have said this? But if I did what was right, I'll starve. The Lord delivereth. I mean, sorry, the Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. But he casteth away the substance of the wicked. You know what? The Lord is not going to allow you to starve to death. Uh, now, sometimes he will let you go hungry. But you're not starving. I mean, most of us could do with a little starving. Uh, lose a little weight. It wouldn't hurt us. But have you ever figured out how expensive it is to be wicked? I mean, these people who are on drugs, they talk about spending Hundreds of thousands of dollars on their drugs, let alone rent and all of the other things that are connected there. I mean, these people that win the lottery, hundreds of millions of dollars, and most of them within five years of a huge lottery winning are in bankruptcy court. How do you spend a hundred million dollars? And end up in bankruptcy court on top of it. How do you do that? And yet, I look at our nation, there's an application here. Do you realize that if the government took the bailout money, this is money that they gave AIG, GM, some of these major corporations that are too big to fail. If the government took the money that it gave them, it was called TARP, that every and gave it to the citizens instead of those corporations, do you realize that every family in America could have bought two brand new cars in one brand new house and there'd still be money left over? And yet all of those billions and trillions of dollars, I think it totaled up to about $3 trillion that our government gave away to corporations, it's all gone. You know, we never used to have to think about things like that when our country wasn't wicked. God casteth away the substance of the wicked. It just disappears. I'm sorry, I do not feel any pity in my soul at all when I read that, oh, the famous celebrity so-and-so, they're going to have to sell their mansion and, and they're going to have to mortgage their fleet of cars and they're going to have to... I'm sorry. The Lord says that's going to happen right here. But I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I have no desire to be rich. I just don't. I don't have enough time to take care of it. 
I'll take care of what's here. Amen. But the Lord casteth away the substance of the wicked. Verse 4, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. Now, what's that word slack mean? It means you're just not paying attention. You're just not taking care of things. You need to balance your checkbook you, and not just put an adjustment at the end of every month so it matches. You need to balance it. You, you need to pay attention to where you put not only your money, but your time. Not only your money and your time, but your strength and your, your life force. Where are you investing these things? You know, there. I remember as a young man, I, I could always just, I could fix just about anything. But you know what I found out? That you can take so much time fixing something that it actually costs more than just going out and getting it already fixed. I had a car one time, and I started adding up the bills, and we were spending more on repairs than I would have if I'd gone to the dealership and bought a car and made payments. I said, you know what, Lord, this is not very smart. And the Lord said, that's exactly correct. Because you deal with a slack hand, you're going to end up poor. You're going to lose. But look what it says here. The hand of the diligent maketh rich. We live in a country where you can still make a profit if you so choose. You can invest your time and your effort in good and right things and still come out on top. And if you pay attention, you know, I talk to my children all the time, but dad, isn't an 80 good enough? No, it's not. Well, what about a 90? No. You say, well... Do I have to get a hundred like you did in school? I mean, sometimes that comes in my direction. And I didn't get a hundred on everything. But one thing I did do is I paid attention. And if you will, if you'll put some effort, it's going to come back to you. This idea is carried out just a little differently here in verse 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son... But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Now the idea was the summer was the time when the crops grew. Now, how many of you have ever seen uh, them making hay? Have you ever heard, you got to make hay while the sun shines? Well, that's very true. Because if you wait until after dark you get moisture in the hay. And six months later, that hay, bale of hay will catch fire by internal combustion, and you can lose the whole farm if you're not careful. It's got to be dry, and it's got to be kept dry. And the whole idea is, in the summer, the wise son is out there, and you can get sometimes two or three mowings of hay. 
But that means in the heat of the summer, you got to be out there drenched with sweat, just dying because of all the dust and everything. But when winter comes, you're going to have food for your animals. And by the way, not everything waits until the fall to get ready. Your tomatoes will come in early. Your beets and your lettuces, you can get four or five pickings of lettuce if you go out there and get it on time. And it says, a wise son gathereth in the summer. He's always at the job. But the son that sleepeth during the harvest causeth shame. Now the idea of shame here is, shame is what you get for not doing what you should have done. What you could have done. I mean, I don't think that we ask very much of our politicians here in the United States. We should ask that they be honest, shouldn't, should we not? And when a politician is not honest, what happens? They get shamed. And it's the same way. When you, how many of you have ever been ashamed at work? Because you weren't necessarily being as diligent as you should have been. You could, listen, this is, this is right here. The wise son, he gathereth in the summer, even before he's getting things done. But he that sleepeth in the harvest is a son that causeth shame. Blessings are upon the head of the just. Now, normally it's the king that wears the crown, is it not? But it says there are going to be blessings on the head. I mean, there's, there's some, uh, you know, Mother's Day is Sunday. I'll tell you what, a godly mother, uh, sometimes if you look real close, you'll just see that little halo right over top now, won't you? Uh, there's just something blessed about a person like that. Blessings are upon the head of the just. But what's it say? But the violent, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Now, do you get this? It's talking about the difference between a king, a just person, and there are many just persons that simply walk through society almost as, as a king or a ruler would, because of their righteousness and what they do, they are wearing their blessings for others to see. But have you ever heard a wicked man talk? It's just like a dog that's been gorging at the roadside. It's all over the dog's mouth and it stinks and they're disgusting looking. You just want to get out uh, the proper equipment and end that dog's existence. Um, but I think of these, quote unquote, they call them rap artists. Now, I don't know how you put those two words in the same sentence. Um, I guess it takes some ability to stand there and cuss in a microphone and get paid money for it. Uh, 
that's about what rap is. And yet, it says violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Wicked people talk about violence all the time. I'm going to hurt you. Don't you get me angry. You know, you've been around people like that. Hey, don't stay there. This is the reason a person is like that. It's because there's wickedness in their heart. Get out of the way. Get away from those people. They're going to hurt you if you stay in close proximity. This is a warning here. This is just the difference. And we take this one more step in verse 7. You could make a connection between these two verses. The memory of the just is blessed. But the name of the wicked shall rot. I mean, what would you think of somebody that named their dog Hitler? Would you think anything good about it? The name of the wicked shall rot. Do you realize that that fiend at one time was the most powerful and feared man on the face of this earth? His third Reich was supposed to last a thousand years. I'm not quite sure if it made a thousand days. I mean, he he was Chancellor of Germany a little bit longer than a thousand days, but the memory of the just is blessed. I think of them godly old preachers of the past generation. I'll tell you what, just their memory is a blessing. The memory of the just is blessed. But the name of the wicked. You have, you have a name for being wicked. Let me tell you something. It, it stinks. It is rotten. Nobody wants to be close to it. You know, even to this day, nobody names their dog or their horse Nero. He thought he was the greatest emperor in the history of the Roman Empire. He was going to rebuild the city of Rome and call it Neropolis. But we have a uh, prefix that we add to words neurosis. It comes from Nero's name. You wonder where this stuff comes. Nero is, is actually nerves, but we, we get, make connections here that are just absolutely scary. Look at the, I mean, Solomon wrote this a thousand years before Jesus was born, 900 and some odd years. Verse 9, and verse 8, I'm sorry. The wise in heart will receive commandments. But a prating fool shall fall. Now, we, again, we're not seeing a lot of connection between these, but we just need to look at this. The wise in heart will receive commandments. When somebody gives you instruction, do you bristle? You say, mm, who, who do they think they are telling me how I should do things? Well, if 
that is your response, your wisdom of heart meter is low. When you receive commandments and instructions, when you're willing to listen, when you're willing to allow people to influence you, that heart meter, that wisdom of heart meter is going in the right direction. Have you ever met somebody that was too smart to be told anything? Not very wise, now are they? And this is what the Bible is talking about here. And it says, but the pratting fool. I I looked up that word pratting. And we have a word we call prattle, but that's not really what pratting is talking about. Pratting is talking about the jokester, the tricker, the trickster, the guy that's always saying something, but he means something else when he says it. That is pratting. Say, yeah, I, I had, oh, I forgot to tell you. Um, we uh, checked out last week. We voted on getting a different electric company and all of that. And I did some further research, as I told you I would do, and found out we'll get our best deal by going back to Con Ed. And and so uh, that's what uh, I already put that in play with the thing and got rid of our ESCO, and we're back to just Con Ed again, and it'll take about 60 days uh, for that, all of those things to go through. But the salesman started telling me, finally got his manager on the phone, his manager said, well, listen, you know, I'm a preacher too, just like you, and I... I'm a godly man. I wouldn't work for any company that's not a godly company. And I said, excuse me. I said, when you start talking like that, I said, that makes me doubt your company because you're telling me to trust in you and your character instead of what your company does. So I did one of those things, put in the name of their company and scam after it. And all of a sudden, page after page after page of stuff come up. And I said, whoa, you know, we're not going to do business with your company. The pratting fool will fall. There's always somebody out there that's got something up their sleeve. If they tell you something, they're not saying what they mean. They're not meaning what they say. Get away from them. Because if you're close, when they fall, they could grab a hold of you and take you down with them. And that's happened to a lot of people here. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely. You know what? If you're doing what's right, you're not having to look over your shoulder now, are you? You don't have skeletons in the closet if you're walking uprightly. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely. If you're doing what the Bible says, you don't have to worry about the consequences, even if they are harsh. Because you'll know that you got there obeying God. Amen? But what's it say? But he that perverteth his ways shall be known. 
You think you can improve on the Word of God? You think you can tweak it just a little bit here or there? People are going to find out about what you've done, and it's not going to be to your benefit. And this last one here. Let's just do verse 10 and we'll quit tonight. He that winketh with the eye causes sorrow, but a pratting fool shall fall. Yeah, that's a real good deal. Wink, wink. That's what people do now, isn't it? I was only joking. Wink, wink. Hey, so how many of you have been hurt by somebody else's joke? Most of us have at one point or another. You know, it's really, you have to guard yourself. You can be drawn into that circle of people. Oh, it's just a joke. You know, we, we always joke with each other. You can hurt people through joking. It says, he that winketh with, his eye, winketh with the eye causes a sorrow. Hey, keep your conversation, yes, and mean yes, no, and mean no. The guy that's always joking, and again, the plotting, the planner, the guy that's, that's what pratting is. The, uh, it just takes that same phrase and uses it again. It's not necessarily because verse 10 is connected to verse 8. They're, they, it's taking that same idea and it's bouncing it two different ways. One is the wise in heart receives commandments, but the guy that's always got some deal going, he's always got something happening, he's going to fall. The next time in verse 10, it's, you know, the guy that's always trying to play games and he's winking and he's got sleight of hand and all of this, he's going to cause sorrow. But that same pratting, plotting fool the guy that's trusting in himself, he's going to fall. And so um, we, we've gone through 10 of these proverbs uh, tonight. I don't know that we'll, take, we'll move this slow for everyone, but these are just examples. I mean, I don't think I came up with some incredible revelation that you never heard of or thought of before. We just looked at the words that are here. And as you read through the book of Proverbs, if you're following the daily reading schedule there, you go through the book of Proverbs once a month. Think about the words that you read. Because each one of these is a life-changing thought. You transgress any one of these things and it's going to be a very serious failure in your life, is it not? And so as we read through the book of Proverbs, as we go through the book of Proverbs, we need to understand these are very, very serious issues and we Again, like I said, if we take time to examine every proverb that is there, we'll be here for years on Sunday night just on the book of Proverbs. And I'm not sure that that's exactly what I want to do with our study of the book of Proverbs. But I do want to encourage you to make a study of the book of Proverbs.
because that's what it's there for, to benefit you and your relationship with God. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our prayer time. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. We ask that we would take warning from your word, and Lord, that you would teach us how to read and understand the Proverbs. In your name we pray. And again, before we finish that prayer, we'll just give you an opportunity, heads bowed. We won't worry about any music tonight, but if you'd like to slip out and spend some time in prayer, you can. You want to pray right there at your seat, and then we'll get into our prayer time.